Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers, and welcome to episode number 96 of the Next Level Authors podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author businesses. My name is Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every single goddamn week for the past 96 weeks is... Sasha Black. 96 weeks we've done this. 96 weeks. That's insane. That's a long time. Um, Yeah. I kept a Tamagotchi alive for 96 weeks once. Did you? No. (laughs) My mum did panicking when I was at school because I couldn't take it into school so she'd strap it to her hip and anytime it buzzed she apparently got like palm sweats and was like I must keep this thing alive that is hilarious um is our screen on the correct way it is on mine cool just check how are you how's your week been Uh... (laughs) oh damn is that not the ultimate question um well last friday as as you, as i think yes as i think listeners will know uh, atlas tested positive for covid so um it's now a week later and atlas is still testing positive for covid so uh, but he he has done his 10 days and despite my questioning thoroughly the school have said he can go back on monday regardless of what he's testing as so okay interesting yep um and they are like militantly following the rules so anyway when atlas went off on the monday nine other kids went off into his class and pretty and also several kids from other classroom class it class the same year but different (laughs) classes and finding words hard this morning Uh uh so yeah there's now we've now had a letter come back saying there's an outbreak in year three everybody's had to bubble again I really hope it wasn't our fault. Oh, I hate that. I've not missed that word. No, I know, right? <clears throat> and then I decided to make friends with these. So for listeners, I'm holding a crutch because I... I have son. a slight concern that means something different in America. <laughs> uh, what would you call them? A walking aid? A cane? I don't know. It might be. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I held my son on Sunday... Uh, with thick Christmas socks on and slipped I went to squat down to sit on the floor and instead of sitting on my bum I fell forward onto my knees but his counterweight basically pushed me onto my bum so like I don't know how to describe it but like my feet were out I was sat on my like you know it was like this kind of thing I don't know how you describe it anyway um I we are 98% certain I had a patella dislocation uh, because my knee popped and then when my immediate reaction was to kick my leg out and it snapped when I Mm. kicked it back out it snapped and the breath like the gasp like (gasps) breath pain reduced after I did that of course it was Mm. then throbbing and I had swelling and I've had a bit of bruising and anyway I am left with MCL damage 
and it was recovering 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 this week and then yesterday it just completely seized up again and I sort of reverted back to having to use the crutch again and Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I'm sort of at the point where I can hobble around my house faster without the crutch but like if I have to walk anywhere of distance I've got to take the crutch back with me because I just don't have I haven't got the strength in the knee so that is super frustrating for me um that sucks it's not it a fun suck. one to hurt. No, I have also, like, just laying out there, I've been really low, like, really, really low. Uh, this month has literally been 78 million days long. Hmm. And, like, Chloe had COVID, then we had less than two weeks, and Atlas has had COVID. I, ha- I literally haven't left my house since Sunday. So I don't know how many days that is, five days, six days? Hmm. Yeah, five and a half days. I haven't, le- I haven't left my house. I'm about to lose my mind um yeah so I just I've been getting a bit quite low and um so I decided to have a coaching session this week which has really helped and it's helped me clarify some decisions and Mm. I have made myself accountable to my coach and to my dad and so I've set some deadlines for some things yes and they are life-changing things and they are going to happen and yeah I don't I know I'm being a bit of a dick by not giving very specific specific it's very unusual because we normally give all of the information to the <laughs> listeners and I know, right? they're just used to ultimate transparency I, I just, know. just tell them sasha <laughs> look it's a life-changing thing i've got to work really hard to do it um <laughs> and yeah basically i just made some decisions about what my life is going to look like next year and 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 this year and so things are moving now um so yeah that has been my week, I would say. You? I think How about you? It would be nice to have one week where you just say, fine. It's been a fine week. <laughs> well, I'm really hoping that that will be next week because Atlas will be back at school and I will have, like, thinking space. Mm. I I think, I, yeah, it's really reaffirmed how much of an introvert I am because, mm. like, I... And this is really weird because loads of people think that I'm extroverted. Also, I test as extroverted on the Myers-Briggs, but I think I haven't done that in a long time. And I think that is because I think like I love bouncing. I love like talking about ideas and stuff, but I get my energy from being alone and having a small person who makes a lot of noise and talks a lot. Oh, yeah. And my wife in the house just drains me. A big person that makes a lot of noise. Yeah, it drains me. It it drains me. Like I'm Mm. used to having my days to myself and being alone. And like then I'm energized by the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I am. I definitely think I was extroverted many years ago based off of the social interactions, like just how I was at school, at college, at like very, very early on in university. But since then, I think I'm probably, I probably think I'm maybe an ambivert. But yeah, that's probably where I sit. Yeah, I need yeah. to because I've actually done um, a fair load of research into extroverts, introverts, and ambiverts this week um, for my upcoming project. But yeah, I think like it, it swings, and I think that's an important thing for people to realize. Sometimes it's like you can't, well, you're not always one thing forever. Like life circumstances, mm. you know, different things that you do, it changes you. Um, so yeah, my my week has been weeky. <laughs> I have no idea what happened this week. Like in in a good way, I guess I've done a load of words i've dictated a bunch i have made big progress with my book i have done a lot of stuff but what i think i've realized is that because i had a lot of uh, evening things going on this week 
I often find that once in weeks where I have lots of evening things, I feel like I haven't done a lot, but actually I have because in, in my head, I still struggle to count the evening things at work, even though they are. Um, so yeah, it's been good as people watching on YouTube can see, I now have a shelf behind me, which I'm very happy with. Uh, I got to a point where I was just like, I need, I need furniture in my house because I've currently got cardboard boxes beneath my TV acting almost like a TV stand. So I've got some stuff coming tomorrow and just working to make the place more, more homely and more mine. And it just, like I'm very happy with how it's set out and my books and stuff are up there now. So yeah, good time. It's been a been a good week. I've been keeping up with, um, I started a couple of weeks ago running every morning for 10 minutes. And I've been keeping up with that. I lost three pounds last week, which I'm very happy with. So hopefully I'll weigh myself tomorrow. That, that trend continues and we'll see where we go, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. Good. Okay. What's something that you enjoyed this week? So I think last week I recommended Fresh by Margot Wood and um, Margot, I don't know how, but found the episode and commented on my Instagram. So I direct messaged her and thought, fuck it, YOLO. So I pitched her to see if she would come on the show and um, she has come on the show. I interviewed her last night and I have to say, I don't like to have favourites, but <laughs> it was pretty fucking good as an interview mm. also I just really buzzed off her energy and I just thought she was lovely and genuine and really fun to talk to also she founded Epic Reads I don't know if you've heard of Epic Reads but it's huge I've heard um, of I've never explored it yeah uh, it's just like a reader community run uh, owned by Harper Collins but she basically founded it and she's just, got this <laughs> just fabulous... a community yeah. <laughs> it's huge it's yeah. huge and she did an amazing job as well and um yeah she was just deeply fascinating to talk to and really fun and I've really enjoyed interviewing her so yeah I would say that nice mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that the thing that I've really enjoyed not just this week, but last few weeks, is just diving into this book. Um, so for the first time listeners of people that aren't aware what's going on, I'm, I'm, I'm putting in the steam into the productivity book and making it happen. And like, I, it's teaching me a lot about myself in terms of nonfiction and what it is I want to achieve long-term because collaboration for authors was like, all the information was already there. It was in my head. Like I just, I, I wrote down the skeleton and then I put out the words because I, you know, I knew the subject matter. I'd been in enough collaborations that I had something very specific to say on the subject. And then self-publishing blueprint, very, very similar. I've been through the process plenty of times on how to self-publish a book. So that kind of came together quite easily. Um, this book is, it's more work. It's, you know, I, what I want to say with it is big. So I am finding that, you know, I, so I originally had sort of like seven fundamental points that I was going to talk about and in doing the research in letting it percolate in kind of just thinking and sitting down and going through everything that's now expanded to sort of 10 major points. So I've already found more things that I want to include that I wouldn't have originally if I had jumped in and tried to speed write it a year ago when I was writing the first few chapters. Um, I did also find this was interesting for me, the first mention of, well, not the first mention, the, the first attempt at me making like a mock-up cover for this was in May 2020. Didn't realise, didn't realise that was when I started thinking about it because that was when I just written collaboration and it's clearly percolated, but I am getting more and more confident in the subject matter. Um, I've got some more work to do just to kind of go through the research phase. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, 
probably around March, April time, maybe I'll begin the proper first drafting and getting into the nitty gritty of it. But the nice thing about this for me is just, I don't feel in any hurry to publish. Like with all the other books, it's been very much like write it, get it out, like put it out there. Whereas this one, I'm like, no, take your time, like really let it cure, let it mature and become the best that I can do with what I want to say with it. So yeah, yeah um, it's, it's deeply um, pleasant <laughs> at this point. No, I love that because that is exactly how I write nonfiction and I won't put them out until I know I've said all of the things that I need to say on that topic. And I was talking to a friend this week because I'm going to be very careful, but they are also writing a nonfiction for the first time. And we were talking about how it's a, they went in thinking it'd be very easy to just vomit out information. And actually, because they are as much of a perfectionist as probably we are, they want to do a really good job. And so the weight of information processing is actually very significant um, when you want to write a good nonfiction book and when you want to have an angle on a thing to say. Mm -hmm. So like they were looking at other books there aren't many other books on this topic but they were looking at those books and they're quite general and that is the fault I think of a lot of non-fiction um is they don't have many tangible takeaways and I always think that is that is the mark between a good non-fiction book and a bad non-fiction book is how many tangible bits of advice are there versus how many books are talking in generic terms Mm -hmm. um but yeah, like I, I just think that that is that's great because that is exactly how I like to write nonfiction. I, I like to process all the info. Like, and I can't be rushed doing that because um, even though it annoys, like I can, it's really weird because I can write nonfiction quite quickly, but every so often I'll hit a like as I'll grind to a halt because my subconscious knows there's a piece of information missing, mm-hmm. and my subconscious might know it, but my conscious doesn't. Yeah. And, to get that I might have to either think or I might have to get more information or Mm -hmm. you know whatever so yeah I think I totally agree and I do think non-fiction is quite different from from writing fiction yeah and I don't think so again with collaboration with self-publishing blueprint they are very sort of informational very just you know there's a bit more of an idea behind collaboration for authors because a lot of that is it is my opinion but it is backed by you know evidence um this book really like it does center behind an idea and so in constructing the structure number one there are certain ideas that I'm putting in there that I'm like they can spread across multiple different sections so it's like where is this primarily based and how do I then tie it with the other stuff um but also it is just as you say trying to find that voice that hinges everything together that carries it all and like ties it all in nicely so yeah it's an experience and I'm I'm really enjoying just sort of getting up in the morning sitting down doing the research at this point um there'll be much more sort of public news on stuff in the next few weeks I reckon because I'm going to be reaching out to some people and putting some stuff out there to to help the research but yeah it's it's very enjoyable at this point good uh quarterly confessional Dan will dictate two novels which I am close to finishing the first one um and I reckon the second one should be done by end of February beginning of March um launch a survey that's upcoming still working on that write three short stories I have written one so far that's been proofed and sorted um and submitted to a um anthology type thing and I'm also going to be working on a short story this month that ties into something else that I won't go into any further 
um, launch new podcast. So uh, that actually is also my notice for this week. The Activated Authors podcast is now live on people's feeds. So for uh, people who used to listen to my old podcast and still have subscriptions to Great Writer Share, that feed has now become the Activated Authors podcast feed. And um, for people who haven't yet checked it out, you can find Activated Authors on any good podcast app. Um, at the minute, there's just episode one. I'm going to be diving into sort of a weekly structure from I think it's the 7th of February, Monday the 7th. So every Monday, there'll be a new episode coming out from myself interviewing people, talking about different content, you know, some solo shows and things. But yeah, that's live. And it's weird because I always feel like with certain things, like the podcast has been basically in production since June last year, like coming up with the art, coming up with the idea, coming up with like what I'm going to do. And I've been pushing it back and back because of lots of different things. And in my head, it always feels like you, there's going to be like a bigger splash. Do you know what I mean? Like a bigger launch. And it's just, I published it a couple of days ago and yeah, I'm going to be doing some stuff when the actual episodes start like sliding in and doing more promo, but it's like, Oh, it's, it's done now. <laughs> like no fanfare, no, nothing. It's just, it's just there. And I'm obviously very excited for it, but I don't know, just all of that weight, all of that kind of like pre-build up. Cause I think, and I'm just sort of monologuing now, but I think the thing that I've always struggled with is the idea that like, it's a weekly thing. And once you commit to that weekly thing, there's no going back. Mm. But again, making that decision and just doing it makes it easy to go ahead. So uh, do, you do you want me to read your things out or have you got them? I've got them. Do you have consistency? No. No, that's no. way down. Yeah, that is way down. Um, okay, so uh, Sasha will read a minimum of five sapphic books. I have read two. I'm on my third. I've also read 11 books this month so far, which is good. Um, so I'm on track for my kind of rate that I want to read at um implement outsourcing I've I am that is so we've got a massive spreadsheet of all of the stuff um and it has been handed over I suppose but like it's still how do I like we're still I'm having to do stuff she's having to, like we're still putting a lot of the templates and things in place yeah. so it, it I have I, I would say that's ticked off but it's still it takes a while to embed if does that building the system is almost yeah. as hard as like running the system yeah so it's been outsourced but we're building the system at the moment um and then check five things off the new business plan so i very carefully did not say whether or not i would do them or or becca would do them uh but i have done two um and I think Becca has done one two I think Becca has done two I might have done three actually I just haven't taken one off so we might so anyway the point is I'm making progress towards that beautiful and thank you everyone for jumping over to Facebook and sharing your goals for Q1 um there are some big goals on there I'm excited to see what people do just a reminder that the prizes for people that get involved and then also complete their Q1 challenge are um access to the villains masterclass with Sasha and then one activated authors membership, which is the full unlimited monthly membership if you complete your thing. So you'll be interested in a prize draw for that. And for the three winners for <coughs> Q4, you should have been contacted at this point. If not, check your messages um, and we'll get your address and get your prizes for Q4 sent out in the post shortly. Excellent. Patreon. No new patrons this week. Um, but if you would like to become one of our patrons and join us for various shenanigans, then you can by visiting patreon.com forward slash next level authors.
beautiful also got a really random note in my notes here that i realize is for something else it's nothing to do with this um notices do you have anything you'd like to share with the audience almost but not quite <laughs> okay mine will be go and subscribe to the activated authors podcast there'll be lots of great content coming up um i've already had i think six guests i've interviewed that have come on the show and shared their wisdom so got a few more on the way which will be fun um comments episode 95 how do you level up yes last week's question was how do you level up your business edwin downward said another question i had to think about in the end i realized i level up uh, every time I can end a day knowing I've done something towards my writing slash publishing goals. This could be anything from writing a new paragraph, editing another paragraph, or putting myself out there on social media with a focus on my writing. Meg Jolly said, I loved this episode. You too. Uh, go forth and conquer. This question is hard and I can't distill an answer that's concise enough for social media. Yeah. Oh, and then we have another one on Patreon from uh, Jessica A. McMinn, who says, I'm focusing on levelling up my fledgling author business this year by networking and building a stronger presence online. I'm looking to launch my debut dark fantasy novel in quarter four this year and working mm -hmm. on creating a mailing list and author platform with a reader magnet releasing in February. Busy author slash business level up year ahead for me. That's real exciting. Okay, so question of the week, are you ready? Mm -hmm. okay so full disclosure for the audience because there was some thinking involved in this one i did let sasha know in advance uh, what the question would be but when also, he says in advance he means like 30 minutes before the episode yeah we jumped on zoom like two hours before the episode i mean it was basically half an hour because i was like getting everyone ready i think any time before we start recording is in advance mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i was very specific about my wordage um oh something very quickly i want to mention is that i um, managed to fill the short story course with luke simi and luke are taking 10 authors through how to write a short story in a week which is gonna be Amazing. fun to start mm -hmm. yeah they're already excited and over in the slack group getting involved so um anyhow question of the week what were your three favourite fiction and three favourite non-fiction books of 2021 and why? Right. So let's just be 100% clear. I read... 1,367 <laughs> books. No, I think it was 121 or two books in the end. Um, although Goodreads, I think, says 120. But anyway, narrowing it down to six was pretty fucking difficult, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so... plenty of time to do it. What I have done is I have got four nonfiction because I had two clear ones and then I couldn't between choose between it. So then there's a draw in third place. Then I <clears throat> did three nonfiction. But what I've done is I've done three craft nonfiction and then I chose three audio books because we didn't you didn't mention audio and I felt like we should in be inclusive with our audio. Well, I didn't uh, say what format. I just said fiction or nonfiction. Yeah, well, this is how I've chosen. Could be to in Braille it. if you wanted to. This is how I've chosen to do it. <laughs> um, okay, so I chose three non-craft books in audio. So there's six non-fiction, but like three are, three, are, three are craft and three are not craft. So my three audio, mm -hmm. we'll start there. Untamed by Glennon Doyle, mm -hmm. which I have recommended on this show once before because uh, I realised that I liked it because she's a leather, uh, funnily <laughs> enough. <laughs> I did. I, do you not remember the? 
what are you even laughing for i don't know what is happening right now so untamed by <laughs> continue <laughs> past mortems by carla valentine uh which is all about like uh she worked in a mortuary and stuff uh which is satisfying my weird obsession with death and then fast feast repeat by Jen stevens because um i think i'm on my 31st consecutive fast so i have officially re-put that habit back in and i have lost weight and i've lost inches and i'm feeling better and more alive and all the rest of it so that's good um and that book really changed like i did a whole i think i did months and months of fasting last year and then i fell off the bandwagon and then Mm-hmm. you know i'm back in place so yes okay and then <clears throat> for non-fiction craft we have in no particular order romancing the beat mm-hmm. which is by gwen hayes and this is um basically a ironclad romance story structure and she gives you like you can essentially turn each of the beats into a chapter or two so it just tells you how to write the book and it's generic enough you can apply it to any like any kind of romance genre or any situation but specific enough you know exactly what you have to do in order to make it a romance so it was fucking fantastic um yeah it's powerful enough as well that even though i don't write romance or go anywhere near it that i've heard of it through many spheres because of the amount of people who write romance that i'm aware of that are just like straight away this is the book yeah it is for sure and it's like the thinnest shortest book ever (laughs) as well but it was so good number two the heroine's journey by gail carragher this book has influenced me on a number of levels not least because it helped me work out the problem with trey um Mm. not that i was necessarily able to fix it (laughs) but the book is done and i've just got the final uh so i am doing a comma proof now in pro writing aid and then i've got like a last little just some tweaks from the beta reader and then it's going off i have um i have a uh accountability partner um who for various things and i have told her the date i haven't told anybody else but i've now because i was meant to do it at the end of this month but given knee cracks and covid cases and all the rest of it I'm not going to hit at the end of this month. So I have now set a new deadline and that person knows that. And yeah. Also, anyway. like that, as you said, like knee cracks and stuff, you then smack your leg against the table. Oh, it was the other one. Thank you. Oh, okay, that's good. Um, and also because um, this has, long story short, I think I'm going to write a second villains book. I haven't told anyone that. But, um, and this has partially influenced that. And that's all I'm going to say on that topic. Mm. Um and last but by no means least, Seven Figure Fiction by Theodora Taylor. It's just fantastic. Everybody should go and read it. Um, I think some people are going to take more of it, more from it, more from the book than others. And that's completely fine. This gave me a lot of freedom and empowerment and permission to remember that it's okay to write the things that readers want. And that's yeah. all I'm going to say on that. So those are my six nonfiction books, three craft and three non-craft. What about your 18 fiction? You're such a knob. Right. Um, so my non-fiction are, I'm on non-fiction, my fiction. One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Um, this was one of the best books I've read last year. And it's really frustrating because there's quite a lot of problems with it. 
Oh no. Yeah, no, but like it, so it's really slow and it, you could probably cut out 70 pages from this book, but it was also fucking fantastic. Mm. Like the characterization, all, all of these are like, I just, the characterization and description, the way she describes characters and their quirky, you know, lots of people moan about like really quirky characters saying, oh, you know, like it's like that quirky character trait. I actually love quirky characters. I think it makes it fun. It, there's loads of detail and nuance, but loads of people complain about that. Those people can fuck off. But um, yeah, so I loved this book. I loved her way of describing characters. I, yeah, I am going to continue to try and get her on the podcast. I've failed thus far, but yeah. I will. Um, yeah, I, I really hope that I can <clears throat> get her on the show one day. Nice. So that's that one. This book, Not My Problem by Kiara Smythe, was the funniest book I think I read last year. Um, it's sapphic and young adult and funny and fun. And did I mention that it was funny? <laughs> and um, there were, I remember, I, there were just, I just loved everything about it except maybe the ending. Um, and this reminded me that I want to write funny books. So that is why I think it is in my top. So that is that. And then my last two were a giant draw, um, both LGBT. <clears throat> this one, now here's the weird thing about this book. I can't really remember what happened in this book. For the oh. podcast, what's the title? Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week. Um, this book is called Some Girls Do by Jennifer Dugan. Um, I can't really remember much of what happened, but I still remember how the book made me feel. Mm -hmm. And that, that it, like, I just swooned at the girls' romance and the way they fell in love. And it was kind of rivals to lovers, um, contemporary. One was like a, um, yeah, okay, so now I'm looking at it, I'm starting to remember. So one was like a um, car fixing, um, what's it called when they go and do, pageant, pageant girl. And the other one was uh, like a sports, sports girl. Anyway, <laughs> they, you can see, I can hardly remember anything about the story, but I loved it. And it just gave me all the feels. And it reminded me that I love love. I love my love. And I really have to write that. So that's that one. Oh, that was a bit aggressive. And then um, in... In joint place was um, House on the Cerulean Sea, which is by TJ Klune. And it, I actually think this might have been my favourite. I don't know. It's really hard. Uh, there, I have less issues with this one that, yeah, fuck it. This one's going to go into first place. All right. Never mind. This It's a first one. place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because like, and this is, a, this is a thing. Like this has my favourite character I think I've ever read ever, mm. ever. Um, Lucy, who is a six-year-old antichrist, is the fucking funniest character I have ever read. The dialogue was exceptional. It was exquisite. The, the world building, it was just everything about this book was positive and joyful and happy. And I, all right, oh, fuck's sake, I'm going to get ribbed so hard for this, but I actually sobbed hysterically so badly that I couldn't even see the page, like with joy. I wasn't crying because it was sad. I was sobbing with joy. Mm. And, um, it was just amazing. I loved everything about it. I love the writing style. I just, everybody, every single human needs to read this book. I do keep seeing it when I go into bookshops and I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll give that a go. But it I is, have a list as long as my arm right now. 
yeah it's I don't know that it's your genre particularly I'd still be interested to see but I think you'd like it because it's so positive Mm. right so I think it would give you that like positive like that joy kick Mm. you know hashtag positivity number four so that those were my books nice and I think it also goes to highlight the point that um because I had this with someone this week where I was saying that you can readers will forgive a story that has a few issues or like whether that's grammatical or like typos and things if the story is fantastic and if it grips you and if it brings the emotion into it readers can forgive that what readers will never forgive is a story that is perfectly proofed that has no emotion that has no like connection like it really matters to get the story right so i think readers will forgive a story if the thing that they like about fiction is done well because i asked my patrons the rebel patrons more or less this question this week in our poison and prose we were talking about this and i was like what is um the thing in fiction that will take your breath away or like what is it that gives you a book hangover or what is it that makes a book stay with you forever and nobody said there were, there must have been i don't know maybe 17 people on this call and not one of them said the same thing and i and oh actually that's not that's not true two of them said the ending they can forgive an entire book if the ending is good and i was like that's so How interesting get to the ending <laughs> Well, that's my question. Like, I found that fascinating. Yeah. Because I was like, I can forgive the ending if the rest of the book is good. So, but like, anyway, oh, the, the, the point, well, I didn't like Not My Problems ending, but I thought the whole rest of the book was amazing. So I'm not going to, yeah. Anyway, um, it's just that I wouldn't have chosen that as the ending. Mm. Anyway, the point is, yeah, we all like different things in books. And I think it's, I think it's just, this is why there are genres and why Mm -hmm. there's a book for everyone. Yeah. Anyway, I'm interested in your list because I'm sure your list will actually be six books rather than nine. It is six books. Uh, So in my nonfiction, um, it's a bit of a, it's not a massively mixed bag, but one that I very liked was, (laughs) very (laughs) very liked, (laughs) one that I very liked was uh, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Um, It's one that I've seen has a lot of sort of mixed reviews on uh, Amazon, but I think for me, it I, I get massively interested in seeing the journey of people who come from very sort of um grassroots backgrounds into you know stardom of, of kind and he's very open and honest about a lot of things in there that you know a lot of people would see as obstacles that they wouldn't be able to overcome but the entire time just his mindset and just the way that he tackles things and the way that he thinks it's just very very interesting and um it, it sheds a lot of light on hollywood and the the sort of acting economy and what that can do to people and even through all of that he manages to somehow ground himself in what he was raised at and you know it's just it's just a very well put together book and coming back to the idea of the idea that ties non-fiction together the whole green lights motif all the way through is just like it's very very well delivered um so that was that was a really good read just through and through um i have a lot of respect for the guy because i've seen him in a lot of interviews and he's just I just like his mindset. I just think he's very um, composed and deliberative and just makes things happen, which I appreciate. Um, no, it's, I'm not holding any of my books up because most of them are on Kindle. <laughs> but um, I've got Writing and Marketing Systems by Elena Johnson. Uh, that was a big Ilana. one for me because, Alana, um, because, I mean, I know the importance of systems in terms of scaling a business, in terms of making things easier when you're, 
getting the work done because if you can systematize stuff it means that you have to think less each time which means you can do more um but the the thing that really hit me in that is the fact that she talks specifically about how even in specific ways like not having a system is a choice in itself is a system and how you don't have to specifically adhere to other people's systems for you to work because it, it comes back again to how lots of people work in different ways so it kind of gave me a bit more permission to just run things in a way that works for me rather than thinking like well all of these people are doing this that way so I must then do it that way but it just doesn't resonate or stick with me um obviously the one of the most important things about a system is to trust it and for it to stick and to do the thing that you want it to do so yeah just the way that she voiced that because she she's a very very busy woman (laughs) she only works between four and like six hours a day yeah when like crazy mumming and Mm. life and everything else like it's she gets a lot done um and that's testament to the systems that she's built uh number three is big magic by elizabeth gilbert because yeah gorgeous book and it's one that i wouldn't have ordinarily i think have been drawn to or read but it came at a point in which i was really kind of contemplating you know um trying to think how i say this like the joy versus the commerce of what you're doing and what you want to create because you know running your own business every decision that you make leads you further down one path or the other and it's just again a reminder of why we create what the importance of art and creation is into the modern world and how you can keep finding the joy in it and how you know it's a it it highlights the fact that you know, even for example, with horror, I've gone into other genres and I always circle back to horror. Like with helping authors, I've gone in other ways and I've always circled back because there are, I think, fundamental things to our character that then we just can't escape from, even though sometimes we think we have to go in one direction or another. So I massively recommend that to lots of people. Um, I haven't really ranked them. Also, are you getting a weird sound on your side? Because I'm getting a weird sound on my side. No? No. Just a bit of feedback on mine. It's fine. Um. Yeah, but I've not ranked them in any order. I think they're all important in their own way, but it's those are my non-fic. And then fiction-wise are, I think two of them I've already mentioned on the podcast, but uh, so one of them is Mongrels from Stephen Graham Jones. And the reason I would have mentioned this before is because I read his The Only Good Indians, which was... um, nominated for lots of different awards i think it won a few awards it was like massively revered in the horror community and i read that and it just did not resonate with me i did not like i'm not saying it's a bad story i'm not saying he's an awful writer i'm just saying like that i just did not it just did not click with me and so i wrote it off you know i was like stephen graham jones okay some people like him it's just not for me and then one of the horror book clubs that i'm in picked mongrels for their book of the month so i was like okay i'll I'll give that a read. And it was incredible. <laughs> it was just like, it was voicey. There was a law in it that went back generations. Just, it's about a boy. So it's about a family of werewolves and it's about a boy wondering whether or not he's got werewolf in his blood because his parents were half and half, um, not around for anymore. So there's this whole constant looming question of, is he going to reach age and be able to transform? But that question isn't the story, but it's like the thing that ties it all together. And just the scenes, the way that it's written, like, as I say, the voice is just incredible. And it's one of those books that I came away and I just went, I loved 
there wasn't a part of that that I didn't love. It was just so, so rich and so beautiful. And again, it goes to show that, you know, writers can write different things that work with some people and work with others. And if, if anything, I actually admire Stephen Graham Jones more because he hasn't found a formula that he's just sticking to. He's experimenting mm-hmm. and he's trying to better himself as a writer. And like, yeah, it was just absolutely beautiful. For people like werewolf books and aren't averse to, you know, quite strong horror, highly recommend it. Um, second one is The Priest of Blood by Douglas Clegg, which um, I wanted to read one of Douglas Clegg's things for ages. I've... Are you right? Yeah, sorry. Uh, it was my name. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Um, but I basically, long story very short, I got pulled into a Facebook Messenger thread with Doug, Douglas Clegg. Um, by a, Yeah. So a friend of his who I'm friends with, she went to school with him. And then I mentioned that I'd come across his stuff. And she was like, oh, I'll throw this into a thread. But instead of doing that, what she ended up doing was just tagging him insistently on the Facebook group going, Doug, Doug, where's Doug? And then tagging me as well, being like, Doug, Doug, to the point that I then got pulled into a private message with the three of us. And this woman was like, hey, I'd like you to meet Dan, Dan, Doug. And then kind of like disappeared. And I was like, oh, interesting. So he's a lovely guy. Like I've chatted to him a couple of times, but um, I'd never gotten around to reading his work. And what I found with that was it was that really nice kind of there was like a Lovecraftian sense of horror, of fantasy, of blending the two genres together. Uh, it was rich. Again, there was like a really beautiful sort of backstory and build up to what the world building was. And yeah, I was just impressed through and through. It gave like such a new take on vampires that, you know, I had to, I had to appreciate that. Um, and then my third book is The Girl Next Door by Jack Ketchum, which is Again, a book that I've been recommended many times by many horror authors. And I finally got around to reading it. And I mean, this one, massive trigger warning for people that don't like that stuff. I would not, I'd I'd approach it very cautiously because it has some very, very dark themes. But it's a testament to how writing can really get you into someone's head in situations that you would never normally find yourself in. Um, And it's just... The, the prose is so clean that you start reading it and you just fall into the book. And again, it's very, it is very, very dark. So I don't say that lightly. Like if people want to check it out, do, but by all means, be careful. Um, but it was just beautiful writing. And it's always nice as well when, you know, you recommended the book by loads and loads of people and it delivers. So those are my three from last year. I found it interesting because I have read um across a spectrum of you know fantasy some thriller different books and all of them are very hardcore horror books so i find that very interesting unsurprising it, but interesting doesn't it tell tell you something though mm-hmm. yeah tells me tells me stuff too like yeah. i'm really starting to realize what it is that i want to do and why um and then like even the nuances of that like mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. even my non-fic list i'm like mm-hmm. there's there's clues in the message the theme yeah so yeah there we go those are our favorite books of 2021 um our question to you is what were your three favorite fiction and non-fiction books whatever medium you listen to a bit um but yeah get your accountability down in the q1 challenge over on facebook join us on patreon if you wish and we will see you next week bye 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 Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. 
for more of me, listen to the Rebel Author Podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. Right, come on, bitch. Okay. We tell ourselves we're amazing. Come on. Right. Is it this? I mean, I have a few now at this point. (laughs) Uh...